for the hosts of Counterspin Media, the producers of Counterspin Media, Calvin Alp and Hannah Spiro. Welcome Christchurch chapter of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> the Imperial Guard is still after you. So that there we've got a, a look at as well. We keep calling them out. 
we're quite happy just to pack up, go away and stay quiet if they only prove with facts and evidence what they're saying. What the hell is COVID-19 except for a brand name like Chanel, Nike, or something like that? The fact that it's never been isolated from any patient anywhere in the world, and that's a fact. We've had some people say, oh, it has been isolated in a lab. <laughs> okay, show me. Because the last time that that was brought out, the actual real scientific community went in on it, said there's so much information missing, they had to retract it. So that's over, the argument's finished there. There's no such thing as COVID-19. So anyone who puts their hand up and says, I know somebody died of COVID-19, no, you didn't. They died of influenza or the, or, or the cold, common cold, that's it. You hear about all these people with comorbidities? Most of these people have had comorbidities all their lives. What's the only foreign introduction to that equation? The jab, and then they die. Two and two does make four. The government will have you believe pi equals mc squared. And no one understands that shit. <laughs> so all this is rubbish. The whole thing's a scam. Monkeypox is the new scam. It's, it's COVID-19 2.0. And if you have a look at all the um, listed adverse reactions that they're getting, they're passing off as new variants. Ask yourself the question, if they've never isolated this virus, what would they so-called vaccinating against. And then the variables start coming, which explains the jab injuries. And because the boosters and all these other jabs were created, before they started naming the variables, what are they jabbing against? What's actually going into you? And what is the reason behind it? Are they terraforming your body for what's to come? Getting rid of the uh, useless eaters and um, terraforming the rest to fit into a nice little AI society? Time to start questioning your reality. Well, transhumanism. Yeah. Are you all familiar? Put your hands up if you're familiar with transhumanism. Oh, Christchurch okay. is awake. So we've got a very awake uh, crowd here. So we, we don't need to go over all of that. We do have a few questions that we like asking. Um, because this tour was inspired by what happened in Wellington and in Picton. So how many of you actually made it to Wellington? Awesome. And then how many of you actually made the trek up to Picton as well? Fantastic, yeah. And Cram, yep, Cremna Square, Christchurch. Yep. Yeah, because you know, we often miss out on that, eh? Everyone talks about Wellington, no one talks about the others who are down here doing it as well. Yeah. So, and Dunedin, let's not forget to name, otherwise we'll get shit when we get down there. Yeah. Better add it now. And uh, we actually have to really acknowledge Christchurch, um, Carl Bromley and Lee Williams and all of you who back in 2020 yep. were already standing and you stood so strong and so firm and you were such an inspiration to the rest of New Zealand when it took so long for any movement to happen um, with the protest movement. So you guys were actually the leading light for a lot of us. So yeah, we really... Week in, week out, rain, hail, snow are showing every weekend they were there turning out. Yep, Kyle and Adam and the whole crew. So give them all a round of applause. So, uh, where, you know, where, where can we take it? Now, we have to ask you the poll. That's another thing we've been doing. So how yeah. many of you here um, have, been, well, how many of you here know somebody who's been adversely reacted, uh, had an adverse reaction to the jab? Right, keep your hands up there because we like Jacinda Ardern and her minions to have a look at the real polls. This is not Colmar Brunton or all that bullshit. This is real people, real experience. 
Okay, that's that's a lot of you. How many of you don't know anybody that's been adversely affected by the jab? Okay, yeah, a lot less. There's probably only half a dozen hands that have gone up there. How many of you know somebody who's actually died after they've taken the jab? Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. How many of you know somebody who's actually apparently had COVID-19? Maybe you've had it, Omicron. <laughs> and you're still alive? <laughs> Didn't test, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever they call it, you know. Okay, how many of you know somebody who has died of COVID-19? Right, there's no, uh, two, yeah. Okay, three. All right, so uh, in comparison, a lot, lot less. So um, this jab has obviously become the problem, um, and, uh, and their response has far outweighed uh, the actual threat, because... Is it, is it all or with? Well, exactly, that's the question. So did they, was it with COVID or of COVID? Exactly. Yeah, because I asked with of, who died of COVID, but it's good to see the mainstream media now actually differentiating between those two. So two years ago, when we were talking about that, you know, anybody in the freedom movement was trying to differentiate that. You were called a conspiracy theorist, and now that's been proven. So. Which is a play on words, because it's never been proven to exist. Yeah. How but... can you die of something that's mythical? That's like dying from being impaled by a unicorn. <laughs> so, uh, I think we can all probably agree, yeah, they've, they've overplayed their hand, uh, we can all see now, and um, what we're seeing in, with this uh, Let's Not Forget tour, because we wanted to keep the momentum going, because Wellington was awesome, um, if you experienced it, you, you would have seen and felt how amazing humanity can be when we all come together and we all um, have, have really good intentions, and then of course um, the police just completely destroyed it and the government uh, ignored us, and every single politician ignored us. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a quick uh, point about, and this is inspired um, by some people that were hosting us last night, the difference between respect and trust. Um, and respect is something that, you know, hopefully we can all give each other that. And trust is something earned over time. And I think the politicians, they showed us no respect. Not a single ounce of respect. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure you can all agree that that is not the way any leader should act. And the least they can do, especially with Jacinda and her um, speech at Harvard. Did anybody listen to that? <laughs> she gets the bib award for the most dribble. <laughs> so she talked a lot about listening to each other and trying to heal the divide. And, and where was she? For three weeks, they ignored you. They showed Into a famous eye roll. Yeah. <laughs> they showed you no respect. And how can they expect you now to trust them after that? After everything that's happened for two years, and they've lied to us, and then they've ignored us, and they've turned their backs on us, they haven't tried to heal the divide. They've made it bigger. So my uh, recent point I'm trying to make about um, Jacinda Ardern is that she is the prime example of what I would call toxic femininity. Now... That's a hard thing for uh, people to probably hear. Because... Not for us blokes. <laughs> <laughs> because for the last uh, 50 plus years, we've heard a lot about toxic masculinity. And um, men have been hit over the head with that to the point where young boys, you know, are actually... Chicks. Constantly told, you know, gentle hands, don't be loud, don't be, don't be masculine. Basically, they they're trying to 
breed out of men that thing that we love about them, which is that divine masculinity, that protection um, uh, instinct, and that, that will to stand up when there's something that's going wrong. Yep, now they're all trying on blouses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's time we talked about toxic femininity, okay? That's my challenge to all the women here. Let's have those uh, conversations publicly, because still, to this day, in the Harvard speech that Jacinda Ardern gave, she's still smashing the, femininity, uh, the, the feminism argument. She's still saying how great it is that she abandoned her child at six weeks old to go back to running the country. Okay, and I think, I think that's wrong. I'm going to say it because I personally don't think we should be lording up mothers who want to give away their children at six weeks old. To me, that's wrong. I still haven't seen any photos of her and the baby in the hospital, and everyone knows you have a child. It's like you're like a Japanese tourist, man. So, um, whatever the truth is behind that, the fact is she has been held up all around the world as um, this, the, this most amazing woman that can be a mother and a businesswoman or leader at the same time. And I'm sorry, it's time we be honest, it's time we be real, that women can have everything, but they can't have it all at the same time. So, we have a biological clock. Girls need to realise that. If they spend their life focusing on education, business and careers, they're going to get to their mid to late 30s and they're going to be freaking out because their biological clock is ticking and they're going to realise the most important thing is family. So it's time we start teaching girls again that it's okay to be a mother, it's okay to be a housewife, and actually that's something worth striving for. Because I certainly was never told that. And it's certainly not something that you see in mainstream media. And they're constantly being told that you've got to be out there in the boardroom. You've got to fight for equality. Let's bring motherhood and family back to the top and make it, put it in that. I can help you with that clock. Put it in the pride of place that it deserves in community because that's what it's all about. And they are trying to destroy the family. And that it's why they're trying to turn boys into girls and girls into boys. And it's, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. And people don't like talking about it because you're considered transphobic or you're considered whatever. If you're an adult and you want to change your gender, fine. But this stuff that's happening in kindergartens where they're allowing girls and boys to actually change their gender or think that there's, they're a different gender and they don't even have to tell their parents, this stuff needs to stop. It is criminal, and personally, I believe it's child abuse. Okay, so and this is another example of toxic femininity, the psychological abuse that we're experiencing. Because masculine, toxic masculinity, we all know what that is. It's very overt. It's very dominating. It can be violent. All of that, and all of us agree that that is an extreme. Well, what about the lying, the gaslighting, the psychological abuse? Let's say we'll be kind, but actually we're not. We're going to discriminate. We're going to keep you separated and isolated. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like another home. <laughs> Force you to have a um, bioweapon. Um, anyway, so uh, that's what I wanted to say because um, this is something that's really, really important that we start talking about. And men aren't allowed to say it because they get labelled misogynistic, they get labelled um, a sexist, a bigot, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my thing. Yeah. And while you're saving womanhood, I want to have a talk to the blokes. 
Go to grow a pair of kahunas yeah. and start actually <laughs> standing up for your family, your community. Start reconnecting and being that line in the sand. Yeah. Because at the moment, people will say you're in, in an information war. No, you're not. You're actually in a physical war. People are already dying. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it's virtual. There's so many war fronts going on. Now, there's a lot of... I know it's hard to believe, thinking of Wellington and other places, but there are some good police officers in the force. We know that there's division in the ranks, and we know that that's growing. We know that the military is also having problems within its ranks. The problem is, shit rises to the top. And until they get rid of the hierarchy, in fact, those pricks should be arrested, just like the medical council who are smashing the New Zealand doctor speaking up with science. Just like the legal profession who are going after the um, lawyers speaking out with science. Yeah, yeah. And just like all the other ones who are going after the teachers and healthcare workers. They all should be facing criminal charges because they're all aiding and abetting in democide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The evidence is clear. It's no longer a case of go do your own research. The research is done, the evidence is there. You've just got to look at it. And any police officer who hasn't by now started making arrests, you're a coward. Yeah. 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 Laziness is not good enough. That's right. And following orders is no excuse. That's right. Because if you... Because we all know about pre, uh, old time investigations. You remember down in Dunedin when they had the police sex ring that involved politicians and all that? Michael Cullen covered that up. Ian Washout, 2007. Yeah, read that article. It's disgusting. But that crap has gone on for years and years and years. And there's the good cops who investigate and they actually are proper. They follow the line of evidence to its ultimate conclusion as opposed to doing what they do to us, find a suspect and build a case towards them. These people were on the trail going after the crooks and then they usually get reassigned. Or the investigation gets dropped. We know this. Those cops now need to start arresting their own if they're going to hinder the ability for them to start making arrests. Jacinda Ardern and the whole, in fact, every single politician, because I call it Parasite Palace and it's a need of fumigation, without a doubt. It is a crime scene that needs to be cordoned off, records preserved to be used in upcoming trials. Those trials need to start. And I guarantee you, because I've called them for everything under the sun, yet they have not come after me. Why? Because I have the evidence. And Discovery will get the rest. And I know I rant a bit here every now and then. But, um, but I, I'll just keep going. It's good to hear. Because they've, they've come after us with everything. Politicians have come after us. Media have come after us. Because we threaten them. You know, I, they're not really threatened by us. It's because this is your platform and your voice. Everywhere we go, we get you up here to tell your stories. So we've had people come up and say, we didn't know it. Our neighbor around the road thought like we did. So they've now connected and they're building the community groups. Get close to the farmers, you're gonna need it for food. Start stocking water supplies and start organizing yourselves for what's to come. Because everything that's happening now, food shortages, fuel shortages that are coming, it's by design. It's a deliberate, a deliberate kick in the guts to bring about the agenda that they've wanted for a long, long time. Only they're not even hiding it now. But everyone's still sitting there, bewildered, as to the speed it's happening. It just takes one brave cop 
to make one arrest. And if you're listening, police officers, the military, you've already failed. Yeah. You've already failed. You've let them already in the gates. Now it's up to the police to clean out and clean up. And I promise you, if you break ranks and make an arrest, the people will have your back. So, you know, I didn't come here to, talk, to uh, listen to me, I come here to listen to the guest speakers, your own people, and that's really what I want. So, we'll get off now, we'll exit stage left. I have to follow the boss, of course. Yeah, Marsden, Marsden's like a mixed bag. Because as we know, um, Marsden Point with the shutdown, we've got to import all, all the fuel processing, all that sort of stuff. We've got enough oil in the Great South Basin alone to be energy independent for over 150 years. That was discovered by Nelson Bunker Hunt from Hunt Petroleum back in 1967. And they just drilled and kept it. Because I'd rather um, get fuel from the Middle East because as soon as the round goes off, they can say, oh no, we have to raise petrol prices because there's going to be a, um, a supply problem. Have you guys looked at a world map and seen little Ukraine there? This little dot over by Russia. We don't even get our fuel from there. What the hell is our prices going up for? It makes no sense and none of it does. Now up in Marsden, of course, you've had people trying to take that down from within from without, but what's the end goal? There's five things that you must never, ever, ever give up in your country. Energy, water, communications, transport, and finance. Those are, those are the main aortas that, or, or arteries that feed the lifeblood of your economy. Everything else relies on those, everything. So what's the first things the government targets? Those things. Then. You can't pay for things. Then the IMF comes in and gives you loans. Then they restructure the loans. And then they start to privatise everything and say, oh, government can't run business. Well, okay, if they can't, get someone from the private sector, pay them well and get them to run it like a business. There's, there's so many simple solutions, but you're not going to get it with the turkeys in Parliament no. or your local government. You must start taking back your school board, your local government, and then your central government. Just make sure that there's good scrutiny so it doesn't get rigged to hell. Because the last one, I don't care what anyone says, the last one was a rig to fuck. Excuse the language. There's children here. Yeah. We're a family show. Yeah. Fudge. Fudge. So climate change is just, you know, it's another... I know, and, and I used to work for the Greens and Greenpeace, so I used to be a complete climate Free change tech. zealot. Um, but I'm an example of how um, there's hope for everybody. <laughs> So, if I can do it, um, they can all do it, and it's just a matter of putting in the evidence out. Unfortunately, as Jacinda also noted, uh, we like to stick to our bias, and we like to stay in our little boxes, basically, about what we believe. And that's the problem, because we're not stepping back and looking at the evidence. We're just finding our tribe and identifying with it and not moving on. Yeah. So. It's time we actually start being logical and um, having a bit of reason and looking at the evidence. And the fact is, as I've been saying, that the, the sea levels are rising since the 70s, okay? And they haven't. No. It's just another fear tactic, like the whole thing about um, 
COVID. And all of that. And it's all about control, pushing us into the super cities, getting us all hooked up to the smart grid and um, keeping tabs on us. So that's what the whole thing is about. Um, so, But I think you all know that, and so maybe we can make way come for the rest of the yep. speakers. So it works. You were free-range humans, and soon you're going to be battery farm humans. That's how it's going to work. I'm telling you now. But we'll come back at the end. And, and we still um, want to know where Clark is. Yeah. And the reason... And there's actually, I know it's funny, but the reason we want to know where Clark is, because we want to know his involvement in that big drug bust yes. <laughs> and the Spring Hill visit, just saying. And um, what did the Prime Minister know? When did she know it? And how involved was she? Oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of questions. A lot of questions need to be answered. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll hand you over to William Bissett. Amazing answer. Well, it's a real privilege to be able to MC uh, this afternoon. I'm William Bissett from the Brighton Functional Medicine Centre, and I've been allocated 10 minutes to speak, but I'm thinking we're probably going to run out of time, so if I get a little bit of time in between talks, I might talk a little bit about what I'm finding, because I'm dealing with a lot of vaccine damage uh, in our clinic, and I do, I do bloods and a number of things, so I've got some interesting information there for you. But <clears throat> who, hands up, if you are just a little bit concerned about whether the future could potentially head. Okay. <laughs> Who's a little bit concerned about our freedoms and, and just a little bit? Okay. Um, so we can get really wound up, can't we, when we when we, when we watch TV or when, when we when we see stupidness happening. We get really wound up, but what can we do about it? It's, 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 as an individual, it's very difficult, isn't it? So we actually need people to stand up and take charge, don't we? Mm -hmm. So who's doing that here today? Calvin and Hannah. So did you know that they've got seven cars and, and a bus and uh, you know uh, 11 crew, they're travelling around it and, and so they're reliant on your donations. Because I tell you what, if shit hits the fan, and it can very much potentially could do, uh, we need people like this. We need people that will stand up and fight for us. So how can we support them? Now, we might be uh, have a physical ailment which prevents us from doing things. We might have um, responsibilities. But surely we can give up a coffee per week for, for, for a few dollars to give to him. Or we, we've got a donation box here. We've got um, products you can, you can buy. So I think we all really need to be quite serious about the fact that things are so on the line. How can we help? Yeah. Well, we can help that way, and you know, support marches and freedom rallies as well. So, um, what I'll do is get straight into it. Um, these next speakers, um, uh, you know, are very good speakers, and just just bear in mind um, that there's there's a lot of people that might be finding it difficult to hear. So please be respectful about perhaps chatting to each other while these people give their talks. Very excited to um, announce uh, Ross. Ross, a very intelligent man. The audience normally goes very silent when he talks. Uh, so welcome on the stage, Ross.
William's already touched on uh, a most important thing is that you all have quite strong feelings about where this is taking us. And I've titled this talk, I Wonder Where This Is Taking Us. So I'd like you, to, if you can, just to contemplate for a moment the feeling that comes to the surface, the emotion that comes to the surface when you contemplate, just for five seconds, I wonder where this is taking us. So if you can, if someone could just put their hand up and just tell me the emotion that comes to the surface, if you can label it with one word. Yeah. Perfect. Now, solving a seeming obstacle literally requires insight. We've got some pretty significant obstacles facing us at the moment. We need understanding of how our world works and knowledge, the power to clearly see what we need to do next. And this is both individually and as a community. This is the time to wake sleeping men, a time for the power of community to put government firmly back in its place as our public servants. This talk aims to bring together the information we have about our current national and world events with the teachings of Eckhart Tolle, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and the Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if anyone's read that here. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yep. Essentially, how life works. Can you just speak up a little bit, please? Sorry. There's a bit of an echo on this. It involves a process of learning to accept the world as it is without limiting how it will be. Where going down the rabbit hole, as it's been called, can focus on the seeming problem, this is also about the solution. No one can do it for us, we must each play our part. I can see I need to stand nearer this. The view from the bottom of the rabbit hole, or as I like to refer to it as the frog at the bottom of the well, the frog, as the frog looks around the well, the frog is totally unaware of the beautiful blue sky above and the bird that flies, flies even freely. We are essentially feeling like we're the child in the story of the emperor's new clothes and those around us are not listening yet. If we look, for example, to the early 1980s with what's happened with uh, the United Nations, we had the setting up of the Brundtland Commission in 1983 and the Brundtland Commission was essentially charged with uh, coming up with a globalist plan for moving the power base of the power elite, as we might call them, from America to China. Now, in 1987, they actually came up with the actual plan, and it's called Our Common Future. That, came, that became the name of the commission, and by 1992, they'd come up with an action plan, which is Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century. We are watching around us as our own council, as ECAN and others, are literally applying this on a local basis. It's a global plan, a globalist's plan. And as they do so, we are watching essentially hunger games taking place, wild nature and smart cities. We're watching as Three Waters takes part, uh, takes place. If you look back a few years only, you actually see a lovely speech by the CEO of Nestle, who once said, people do not have a God-given right to water. Seriously. Now, people also, when they look up from the ground floor, from either the, uh, the rabbit hole or the, or the, uh, um, the bottom of the well, okay. they start to look at the Great Reset. Now, the Great Reset involves mass surveillance. We have 5G here already. For those who don't know about it, we have 52,000, approximately, overhead uh, satellites, which literally fly in low Earth orbit and are called Skylink. As we come down to the ground level, we have base units across Christchurch and across New Zealand as a whole. On each base unit, which is often positioned near a school or nursery, it says on the side, caution radio frequency exposure area. 
This works in with a very, very, very local uh, set of uh, microcells, which are our LED streetlights. And we need to understand that this system surrounds us with frequencies which are very, very unhealthy. Aside from that, it actually is very necessary for the social credit system, which is coming in very shortly. The social credit system is already coming in at the moment in Italy and France, and we are moving in that direction very, very quickly, and our freedom of movement is now being monitored by 5G. We have facial recognition, we have retinal recognition. We need to understand that this science is not being used for our benefit. The idea is we have freedom of movement is an issue. Freedom of speech is another one. We'll come to that in a moment. But the hub of the Great Reset is actually the programmable central bank digital currencies, which basically can be timed out. You can get money which has a time limit on it. You have to use it within the next month or it drops off your account. This is a digital currency that is controllable. It's centralized as opposed to the decentralized alternatives that we can look at at the moment. The idea is with this centralized currency, we also have it falling in with the nonsense of climate change. Carbon dioxide changes its concentration based on temperature. It's not a driver of temperature, as simple as that. Carbon dioxide allowances come in with the new central bank digital currency, and it means that basically if you've used your carbon dioxide allowance for this month, you will not be allowed to travel, your electric vehicle will be immobilized. Um, if your social credit system or number doesn't allow you to go into certain buildings, you will not have entry. It will limit what you can do and it will prevent you, for example, from buying uh, luxury goods when you're told you have to spend your money on something else. So we move on to uh, freedom of movement and speech. With speech, we have the misnamed Human Rights Act of 1993. We have the Harmful Communications Act of 2015. And we have the Food Act of 2014, which actually, if you find it enforced, will prevent you sharing water, vegetables, or fruit from your section with your community. As a result, you become absolutely um, under the spell of the supermarkets whose prices are going up at an unbelievable rate and whose shelves may at some stage not have a lot on them. Now, if you're down at the bottom of the well, I don't mean to depress people here, but if you're down at the bottom of the well, the idea is you could be looking at Bill Gates' famous speech of 2015, where he said that instead of World War III, we should now be fearful of a coronavirus epidemic. Remember, this was 2015. In 2019, he was part and parcel and sole primary organizer with the World Health Organization, which he is a very major funder of, of Event 201, which was a full-scale practice just before the coronavirus epidemic itself. This was based in New York. They had scenarios, and funnily enough, we have just watched last year the same thing going on for monkeypox. There was a simulation and scenarios in Munich last year, I believe it was March, where essentially in one of the scenarios they actually predicted that we would be beginning a monkeypox pandemic in the middle of May 2022. Funnily enough, that's just happened. Within those scenarios, there was also the prediction that we would be moving into a global health emergency 
um, in July, based on the monkeypox. And as a result, under the World Health Organization's Pandemic Preparedness Treaty, the World Health Organization would have supra-governmental powers which would possibly include, or are likely to include, compulsory vaccination and lockdowns. So we need to wake up to what's going on. You cannot make this stuff up. If it was in an Austin Powers movie, who would believe it? It's, it's too crazy. So from the bottom of the rabbit hole, as the frog in the bottom of the well, one could be forgiven for seeing a predictively programmed dystopian future. Now, obviously that's not where we're going. No. Now, the title of this talk is I wonder where this is taking us. And this is where we need to start to see the adventure. An adventure does not begin the moment you step out of the door. An adventure begins the moment something that you didn't want happens. So if you're out cycling, for example, on a, on a nice cycle ride and you get a mechanical you can't fix, you have to ask yourself the question that I've titled, I wonder where this is taking us. If you get seriously injured, um, and I was helping someone with exactly this issue very, very recently who broke their neck, the first thing I had in my mind as I put into theirs is I wonder where this is taking us. And the reality is what we stopped was the limitation of this moment and we opened up the possibility and that person is now fully healed and doing some amazing things now when we move into adventure the idea is it draws us into the moment and this is the work of Eckhart Tolle who's read the power of now yep a few hands there this is very important to understand there's a huge difference between the present and the moment the present is a tense, and in this tense we have imaginations about our past. They're called memory, they're charged, and they always lead, when we're in the present, to a, an imagination about a future that we basically find seemingly predictable from a seemingly known past. Now, the reality is Eckhart draws us into the idea of the moment where we don't limit our possibility. Now, we have to understand that knowledge and ignorance are basically the same thing. When you learn something that someone else hasn't got that information, we might unconsciously or consciously call them ignorant. Ignorant is not a rude term. Ignorant just means you do not know yet. Now the reality is when we know something, what we forget sometimes is that there is so much we do not know yet. And so we are both ignorant and knowledgeable at the same time. It means the same thing. And when we recognize that, we start to see the adventure we're on. Now, if we work with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, we start to understand that life happens for us, not to us, and we always get what we need, not necessarily want what we want. And this is where we start to see the adventure happening. Now, I'll give you the example of the bad driver in Christchurch. A couple of people might have met one. Now, the idea is, in Dr. Joe's work, we're sitting in the traffic, and just behind us, a car has just appeared. We have a feeling of resistance that has come up within us. Now, that resistance is starting to morph into the energy of anger. The rational mind presents us with thoughts that now are angry about the person who's on our boot. They clearly want to get past. The idea is we have labelled them now as a bad driver. Now... What we then do, of course, is we morph that energy into the energy of unhealthy competition and we try and race them to the next junction, or we slam on the brakes occasionally just to do a brake check. Now, the reality is we have then repressed and suppressed some of that energy and we will probably feel the need to tell that story this evening. We might meet another bad driver on the way home and we'll probably meet one tomorrow. 
the reality is with Dr. Joe's work is he gets us to press the pause button. He gets us to say change. We may even add, that's not who I am. And the reality is we start to experience the possibility as we say change, that's not who I am, and we offer instead, it sounds very ethereal and probably not what Kelvin would approve of, but it's love. And so we offer compassion and kindness. Now with compassion, we move out of their way as soon as it's safe to do so. With kindness, we wish them well on their day as they go past with their finger in the air. Now, the idea is what happens is, we actually don't need to tell that story again. And we find that we meet less and less bad drivers. I have not met someone after two weeks of practicing this that actually meets another bad driver unless they drop back down again into reaction. Reaction is doing the same thing we did last time and of course we get the same result. Now the idea is that this bad driver is of course a seeming obstacle. What Dr. Joe explains is as we have the feeling of anger within us coming up from suppressed and repressed emotions from our past experience, we actually draw onto our horizon the obstacle. It's the seeming obstacle, but the fundamental, as I've just explained, is it's actually the opportunity to let go of that which we need to let go of. And so what we're experiencing in the world at the moment is a massive seeming obstacle. And of course, in terms of a reset, it's a massive, actual opportunity. So we are going to have a reset. There's no way out of this reset. Bill Gates and others have already given us that tripwire and as a result we know the economy is already gone. However, this reset's going to take place at the very least calling, causing some significant societal changes. These could be amazing if we simply cut Jacinda's United Nations World Economic Forum puppet strings and sort out the rest of the reset ourselves as a community, which means with unity. This requires action, it requires us to be part of it. It's a time of great receipt, deceit even, and uh, an oppressive empire is changing tack. Now, tack is, uh, I don't know how many sailors we have among us, windsurfers, the idea is attack is changing direction, moving upwind. And as the front of our ship or boat changes tack, we stop filling the wind, filling the sail from the United States side, and as the ship turns through the wind, as the nose turns through the wind, and just before the wind starts filling the sail from the Chinese side, the empire is absolutely in a place where they are vulnerable. If we take action now, we can change things in ways we cannot even imagine at this stage. We must each play our part. And in Voltaire's word, he's this member from the 1600s in France, we are waking up sleeping men, as I mentioned before. His entire saying, which actually relates to this, is so long as the people do not care to exercise their freedom, those who wish to tyrannize will do so. For tyrants are active and ardent and will devote themselves in the name of any number of gods, religion or otherwise, to put shackles upon sleeping men. Probably rings a few bells for what's going on at the moment. Now, a few possibilities for our community vision. We need to celebrate our diversity with no sense of separation. We're told by our government that multiculturalism cannot work in this country. It's nonsense. We can value our diversity without focusing on separateness. Uh, we need to regrow ancient forests. We need biodiversity. There's a lovely place 
over, I don't know if people have been to it, on the other side of the hill from Akaroa called Hinawai, where we've managed to grow a forest with amazing biodiversity by using gorse as an intermediary, as the birds naturally seed the forest. The idea is the gorse grows up, but then when the trees grow through it, the sun no longer gets to the gorse, the gorse dies back. Over the last 40 years, this has created a beautiful, diverse forest, and we could basically regrow our forests in this way around New Zealand as a whole, just as an example. We need biodiversity. We need natural, healthy water, food and air. We certainly don't need chlorine and fluoride. We need free speech and free movement, a health system that values natural health, wellness and vitality, a healthy system of what we've been calling government that both recognises and represents the people who can ask them anything because they are public servants. Science is to be used for helping us instead of for war, division and control, and we need a media that reflects honest journalism that exposes lies instead of reinforcing them. And finally on this list, and of course you could come up with many, many more things in terms of a community vision, we need a currency that reflects value as opposed to debt and control. Now, I'll just bring us to the final part of my little talk, and this involves the Celestine Prophecy, which as I say some of you have read, it's actually quite an, an interesting book. It was written by Redfield in the 90s regarding the use of direct energy technology in the country, which we actually have being used around us every single year since the 1950s. And this is technology that you may or not be aware of, but this is actually part of this book. Now, the first part is, uh, it's basically written as a parable, but it's about nine insights. Now, the first insight is restlessness. Now the restlessness is where we begin to question the settled science. I think a few people have started to do that here. Now apathy, and I've heard this said by many, many people funnily enough, is, well, I'd rather trust the scientists. Now the scientists then, of course, people say, well, you know, the scientists, they couldn't be complicit in all this because, you know, it would take, it, it's massive, it's too too, too big to imagine that all these people would be complicit in such an issue. They don't need to be. The reality is scientists can simply get it wrong. And I'll give you a few examples. Acne used to be treated with radiotherapy. Shoe shops used to measure foot size using x-rays. Dentists put mercury in our mouths and most still support the idea of fluoride in our water, despite the fact that fluoride is a neurotoxin of the highest level. Um, in a study done by, uh, written in The Lancet in 2014, it showed that it's equal to mercury in terms of toxicity, neurotoxicity. It also causes fluorosis of the body as a whole once it goes beyond the oral cavity, so it's including degeneration of bone, and it binds to receptors in the thyroid where iodine would otherwise be bound, and it changes our metabolism. Apart from that, possibly healthy. Um, <laughs> doctors used to advertise cigarettes. Asbestos was widely used in building, arsenic in wallpaper and apple orchard sprays, and we used to spray children with DDT. In the same way that we presently spray glyphosate all over Christchurch. And glyphosate is, if I'm sure you know, is a chelator of nutrients, an antibiotic, an endocrine disruptor, and a carcinogen. And of course we're told it breaks down, it's not a problem. Absolute nonsense. Now, at the moment, uh, we'll just find my place, we're still here, despite these mistakes. But... What if we've just injected the vast majority of the world's population with something that turns out to be highly pathogenic, potentially causing sterilization, death, or even possibly contributing to symptoms similar to monkeypox symptoms that spells lockdowns for us 
potentially in July, as we've already said. Now, so the first insight is restlessness. I think most people are starting to feel a little bit restless to the point they've questioned a few things. The second one is history. And the only thing I'll bring up here, and there's a lot more that could be said here, is New Zealand's government has just convinced us that we should have compulsory New Zealand history in our children's school curriculum. Now, this is basically on the understandings that were brought through, that we discussed a moment ago. If you control the past, you control the seemingly predictable future. And this is what they're going to teach the children, their version of where, of how we got here. And it will include information that will limit our children's predictable or seemingly predictable future. So that alone is worth bearing in mind. The third insight is energy. And Tesla once said, and this is uh, Nikola Tesla as opposed to anyone who makes cars, um, <laughs> energy, vibration and frequency are the key. We need to understand that the, that the vibration, and again, Kelvin was uh, talking to me earlier uh, or mentioning it earlier, that literally um, uh, as much as he appreciates that we need to look at uh, resonating at a higher level, it might not be the way he, he words things. Um, but we need to connect. It's all about community. Now, when we don't feel that community, and this is the fourth insight, we steal energy from each other when we feel limited. And in the book, it refers to the aloof as the first way in which we do this. And I'll give you a great example from Christchurch. We had uh, the backdoor spa in Sumner. And the backdoor spa in Sumner, at one point, looking at the seemingly experimental gene shots, said it like it is to their client base. And they said, we would appreciate it if you've just recently been vaccinated, and they used the term vaccinated loosely. Uh, obviously, the definition of a vaccine was changed in 2019, so you don't actually need to worry about herd immunity anymore as part of that. Um, the reality is they said, if you've recently been vaccinated, please don't come in for 30 days, because we just don't know about the experimental nature of these gene shots. They referred to them as vaccines to be nice. Now, the reality is Helen Pertussis Harris, who is an expert speaking for the government in the press and stuff.co.nz, replied to this by saying they are not experimental because scientists are still looking into them. <laughs> that is laughable, but no one seems to be noticing this when they're reading the newspaper in the coffee shop. Now, this also, this aloof refers also to uh, those politicians who are so aloof they will not meet up with the people who went to Wellington. And I won't go into this in too much depth, but the idea is that is ridiculous. And they even went to the point, obviously, of trying to bring on the idea they may trespass people for actually communicating with the public. If they're forgetting that they are the public servants, of course. Now, the second way is the interrogator. This is how people steal energy from each other. And uh, I'll give you just one example here. I was talking to a surgeon about uh, someone who I was uh, helping with a distal radial injury. And um, we had been discussing the two possible protocols for 10 minutes. And for some reason, it occurred to the surgeon to say to me, so you're a doctor? And I said, no, no, and I carried on the conversation. No, 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 he said, I want to know what you, what you are. And uh, I, I, it's one of the things I do, so I said, well, I teach yoga. And he said, well, you have no right to know this. <laughs> this, this is the nature of the experts we have. Of course, the information is available to anyone who chooses to do enough study. Now, 
Then there's the dominator. This is another, the third way in which we steal energy from each other through the Celestine prophecy. And of course, our government and our medical council have acted as bullies. We also have communitarianism. And I had a bit of a funny example of this in Sumner, where I was taking the time to discuss with parents who uh, were walking around with their children, which I consider abuse, wearing masks in the outdoors. I was very polite. However, I got reported to the police. And uh, the police who cannot come out to you if you have a burglary, they can't come out to you for maybe two weeks. And if they do, um, basically, uh, there's not a lot going to happen about it. And most of the time, they won't get out to you. Within two days, they came out to speak to me and interviewed me. And uh, I said to the police officer, I'm very happy to chat to you, but I'm going to explain to you why I was talking to these people. He agreed with absolutely everything I said, but he said, you're going to have to possibly, because this is such an inflammatory issue, you're going to have to maybe just speak in a way uh, that doesn't get you reported. And I said, well, I'm fine to be reported. I'll happily talk to you again. <laughs> um, then, of course, we move on to the final category in the four ways in which we steal energy when we're feeling as a limited person rather than as a community, and that's the poor me. We are creating more of these by design. And the poor me is when you go along and speak to someone and they want to help with something that's going on in their life, you offer them suggestions. They clearly don't actually want to take your advice, but what they do want to do is to come away feeling slightly better and you come away feeling potentially drained. Yeah. Now, the idea, of course, is as the Celestine Prophecy explains, we actually have access to limitless energy. And, of course, as community, we can realize this. The sixth insight is notice your negative habitual patterns. Because when you pay attention to the body, and there's a lovely book by Dr. Lisa Rankin called Mind Over Medicine, where she says if you listen to the body's whispers, you won't hear it scream. The same is true of the mind. We need to listen. And this is where the concept of inspiration comes from. It comes from the Latin inspirare, to be fully present in the body. And to be enthused is the God within, and theos, the God within. The idea is when we experience both of these, we have infinite power to heal. And this is what we need for the world as a whole. We need to notice, seventhly, our coincidences, which are actually synchronicities. And I'm sure as you start to for want of not upsetting Kelvin, as, as you start to shine your light more brightly, it gives permission to those around you to shine theirs, and they start to be able to listen to that which did not make sense to them before. The eighth insight is very simple. Once you're doing all these things and acting as community, you're clearly treating others as you would like to be treated yourself. And this is the key to transformation, and that's the ninth insight. Now, the huge scale of the seeming obstacle is the scale of the opportunity. We don't have to change others. The only person we can change is ourselves. And then, of course, we start taking the action that's necessary and becoming part of the community we need to take part in. We need to realize that action must, with the action we must take, becomes clear and we can now play our part in this transformation. This is exciting. We're already on an adventure. We can trust in the unknown, which is the opposite of settled science, and thus have infinite patience for the how and when. This will prove to be simply what we needed all along. This is the reset that's taking place. We simply always get what we need, and for many, 
this seems like the seeming obstacle, it's actually the opportunity. There is a reset happening, and we each shine our light more brightly. As I said before, it gives permission of those around us to shine theirs, and they start to see what we've been talking about all along. I meet people every day who until recently were Voltaire's sleeping men. Each is asking, what can I do? Who can I connect with? This is exciting. And a little quote from a book called I Am That. Every situation demands the right response. When the response is right, the challenge is met and the problem ceases. I'll finish as I started this talk with the question, how do you feel when you quietly contemplate the words? I wonder where this is taking us. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. That was uh, extremely informative, wasn't it? Um, you may not be aware that uh, sometimes I make videos for Counterspin, and uh, several times I've interviewed Ross, and uh, he's promised that uh, he'll come back onto camera again to perhaps explain that in, in more detail. Would you all like to, to hear that on a video? Yeah. I'm sure you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, a lot to think about, isn't there? And, uh, you know, w w what are solutions? Uh, that's, that's what we really want, and our next speaker uh, may very well have one. Uh, so if I'd like to invite uh, another good friend, uh, Tracy, to come to the stage. Hello, all you beautiful people. Wow. Um, thanks for coming, thanks for being here, making the time, um, thanks to Booba, wow what a connector, always so supportive of all of us, and to Calvin and um, Hannah, you know taking this, this uh, little epic journey around the country and seeing what's going on and, and joining us all together, so um, you know big kudos, big honour and big respect to you for this. Um, the first thing I want to do before I just get into the meat is I want you all to put your hand on your heart. It's on your left side. <laughs> and I want you to honour yourself for, for everything you've been through in the last two and a half years. It's been crazy, you know. We've all had... Um, you know, experiences, we've all had grief, we've had heartbreak, we've had banishment, abandonment, um, we've been shamed, <laughs> you name it, we've all been through it and we've all got a story to tell. We've lost loved ones, um, we've lost relationships, you know, we've found ourselves at ground level again and um, so I, want, I just want you to honour yourself, I want you to honour the people that are next to you and, you know, big love, big love, big heart. But now, it's time to move on. So, <laughs> um, just, just sit in that for a little bit and, and know and have that feeling where you've made it, you've been courageous, you're still standing, we're all still here together, and uh, we've got a lot of work to do. So, where do we start? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I believe that we're in the eye of the storm at the moment. I think the last two and a half years has been a bit like a, a tornado. 
and it's whipped up, it's been big energy, it's been destructive, it's been kinetic, and, uh, and at the moment we seem to be in this little quiet place in the middle. It's almost peaceful. It's almost like, oh, maybe we're going to get back to normal. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is what normal might look like. Um, so it is an eye of the storm. To me, you know, I mean, let's think about it. The eye of the storm, a tornado scenario. What comes after the eye? You know, the, the other part of the tornado is still whipping around and it's still putting a lot of damage and, and creating havoc. So we have the opportunity in this eye, and I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling maybe beginning of the year, maybe I suppose if the world, um, the UN, if we sign the treaty, and let's face it, she's gonna do whatever she wants to do. Um, she's not gonna listen to any of us, so uh, you know, she's on her own destructive course. So that UN treaty, I believe, will take effect in um, November. So we have a period of time where we've got to get really busy, yeah. really, really busy. Um, there's no time for sitting on your laurels anymore. There's no time for waiting to be saved. There's no time for, for just thinking that someone's going to come up with a solution. We are the solution. Yeah. <laughs> we are with our people. We are with our tribes. Forever, we're, you know, wherever we are in New Zealand, we are... We have found our people, we have found our tribes, and you know, and I think Wellington was a, a great example of how we can come together. And we can be self-responsible and we can self-govern. VFF, um, Kingdom of David, you know, all of the groups, the common law assemblies that are popping up now fabulously, you know, we have our community. We know who we are. We, we don't have to find each other anymore. So, the, we need to solidify, we need to bring us together, we need to bring all those groups together so that we're not fractioned, yeah. we're not yeah. you know, disjointed and I feel that that's one of our um, downfalls as, as groups at the moment. At the moment, So you know, there's a few leaders that want to be leaders and heard and a bit of ego, um, but we are fractured and if we think about you know, the, the powers that be, the one thing that they do do is they do it, they pull together and, and they, they do it the way that they're doing it. Um, it's more powerful when you do it together. So let's bring all the groups together. How do we do that? You know, there's the, there's the next question. I believe that the one thing that we all have in common is that we need to trade and exchange. We need to know we're going to be able to get food. We need to know um, that we're going to um, have fuel and, and power. We're going to have shelter. All of the essentials of life is, is uh, the one thing that is going to bring us together. Trading, exchanging, supporting. So how do we do this? Yeah, so if we look at it, let's have a basket. And in that basket, we've got several eggs. And when I do my talks around the country, um, you know, building these, these, this parallel economy in this um, communities, is that we're going to need lots of different ones. You know, we're going to need 
barter, we're going to need um, giving and receiving, we're going to need a cryptocurrency, um, we need an alternative to the CBDC. You know, I don't know about you guys, yeah. I certainly don't want a digital ID. No. And, no. you know, they're setting us up for it and we're being primed and I think we're being primed with travel at the moment. Um, it's like, oh, you can move around again, but, you know, why, why don't you get this on your phone? And then, you know, you're going to be able to move through countries really easily and next thing you know, your passport's on there, next thing you know, your bank account's on there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that's how we're being, you know, lulled into this um, acceptance of, of what it, the CBDC will be. And as we know, it's centralised. As we know, it'll have the carbon credits on it. As we know, it'll have the environmental um, structure tied into it as well. So we need an alternative. And, you know, I believe I um, have found one. <laughs> um, the People's Reserve is a cryptocurrency. And it's um, a native coin on a native blockchain. It's already developed. It's already happening. It's uh, it, it's been audited. It's it's rolling out, and we're here in New Zealand, three months in, rolling this out. It's working. It's functioning. It's on your phone, and it's the one thing that we're going to be able to do together, peer to peer to be able to trade and exchange in community. Now, whether this is gonna be the thing that pulls all the groups together, I don't know. None of us know how this looks. We're doing it day by day, step by step. But it's a great start, um, as well as getting to, you know, get to know your neighbor. Find out who's got the gardens. Find, find out who's doing what in your neighborhood and in your community. You know, small, wider, 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 and then we build a bridge between all of these um, groups and the ways of being. So we, I call it my, my bridge to freedom because these are the, the things that we're going to need to uh, have available to us to be able to stand alone as a parallel society. I, you know, we just have to exit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can beat them. I think they'll destroy themselves anyway. But we exit and we just say, you know what? No thanks. We don't need you. We actually don't need you. Like, we're all the smart ones. We've got everything we need. So it's, it's time to, you know, really start thinking, what do I do? How do I go about it? Um, one of the first things that you can do for me um, here this weekend in Christchurch, because I'm, I'm not from Christchurch, but I come down here regularly, um, is think of people that you want to have in your community. Um, you know, like we're talking, I guess your survival community, not so much your freedom community or your spiritual community, but your survival community. Who do you want in there? What merchants do you want in there? What businesses do you want in there? You know, we need growers, we need like veggie growers, we need farmers, we need, um, you know, people that are, are doing home curls, we need, um, anyone know Meet to You and Woodend? Does anyone know that person? Yeah, yeah, I need to go see, see them, you know, people like that. Growers, farmers, um, builders, electricians, um, all of the people in your community that you love to... Boover, <laughs> Lotus Heart, um, so that you can come and, you know, and trade here in exchange. It makes us strong, 
and, um, and really viable and tangible when all, all of this goes to pot and we know that it's going to, it's, it's a given. Um, so, you know, think of all these people that you know, that you want to have involved and, you know, share with them because we are bringing our merchants into the economy and we're building and we have explosive momentum at the moment. Um, I'm travelling up and down the country bringing merchants on and it, the, the people that are stepping up, it is fantastic. You want to be part of this. You don't want to be left on the outside. Um, so... I guess, um, I'll, yeah, I'll wrap it up. I'll just sort of say a little bit, before I wrap it up, I'll just give you a little bit. The People's Reserve crypto coin is a cryptocurrency. It's native coin. It's on a native blockchain. It's decentralized. There's no way the governments or the banks can get to it. So we have, we have a, a project for the people by the people you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to be outside of the system. You're going to be able to not have to be forced into the CBDC. But we've got to get busy and we've got to build. Um, yeah? Just a quick question. With the blockchain and the crypto, do we, are we going to have to have, because if they cut us out of the Wi-Fi or web, yeah. By not having a digital ID, how are we still going to access something like yeah. the, this? This isn't this isn't on the internet. It's on your phone, okay. and it's by Bluetooth. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, so I'm I'm going to be talking tomorrow morning at eleven here at Lotus Heart again. So if anyone's interested, please just rock up, and I'll give you more detail on the specifics of the project. Um, but I want I just want you all to know we've got this. We're going to be okay. We've just got to come together in community. We've got to um, be there for each other and, and, and build a strong, strong parallel community, a parallel society. And an economy, a parallel economy, as we, we are going this way and they're going that way, um, is the perfect foundation for a parallel society. You know, how, how do you want to live in the future? I don't, I'm not in for what they've got planned for us. So please come and see me later when the speakers are finished. If you've, you know, got merchants or you've got people that you know that could be really beneficial to this project, we need, you know, buyers, we need merchants, we need collaborators, people that are willing to go out and, and share the information and bring merchants on. Um, come and see me, give me your email address, I'll send you more information. Or if you're around tomorrow and you want to know a little bit more, um, you know, rock up at 11 and uh, we'll go a little deeper into what, what we're actually, you know, got here um, at our disposal. So um, thank you all and God bless. Thank you, Tracy. I look forward to talking to you about that more. What do you think the government's biggest weapon is over the last two or three years? Fear. Aha, uh -huh, fear, exactly. When I saw the images in China, people dying on the streets, I was thinking, far out, what's going on? Um, and I was, I was a little bit worried because I, I, I had a child on the way. 
and uh, very, we very quickly learned that this is all a precursor to, to vaccines and to passports, even before it was even talked about. And so um, I thought, you know, what are, what are ways, who's actually been fearful over the last two to three years? Who's generally been fearful? Who still does have some genuine fear? Okay, a few of you as well. Just a few things that my wife and I done. Well, first of all, um, I thought, how can I protect my boy? Because that's, that's the main priority. So we had a home birth, didn't register him. He doesn't exist as far as the government's concerned. So, yeah. Because, because back then, I didn't know if the military were going to come round door to door and, and force vaccinate us. So we had to prepare for the worst case scenario. And so what my wife and I, particularly in the early stages, we, we had to sit down and we had to say, right, what is the worst case scenario? We have to prepare for it because we shouldn't fear it. So my wife and I done a number of things. We first of all thought, what's the worst case scenario? What can we do about that? You know, where can we escape? How can we escape? How can we survive if we even have to flee to the jungle, so to speak? So we prepared it. We looked at how to survive in the forest. We looked at how to escape. We even had key words. And my wife knows if I utter a few words, she knows she, she has to do that. And that's not me being dominant, this is just as, you know, if, if, if the police, because we, we run a clinic, and I'm surprised we haven't been closed down yet, uh, we run a clinic, and if I see police coming up, then I'm going to I'm gonna shout some words out, and my wife knows to drop what she's doing, no, don't, no time for question, because a couple of seconds could mean life or death. So she, you know, drops what she's doing. Um, does certain things, you know, get our boy escape, etc., etc. We've got it all planned out. We talk about it all the time, and we feel pretty good. We don't have any fear. In fact, sometimes we think, geez, it's actually pretty good to jump in the car and <laughs> live in the forest in the mud for a wee while. You know, it's actually what used to be fearful is actually something not so bad anymore. So, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that to you because fear is. Uh, the biggest cause of death. Now, I specialise in cancer, and 96% has been proven an, an emotional 96% correlation in cancer. Okay, and fear is the biggest thing. And you go to an oncologist, <sighs> better cut it before I sprint, before you die. And they put, they even grow the fear more. Yeah. So we're all about eliminating all fear. So anyway, let's uh, invite our next guest speaker, Lee Williams from Cross the Rubicon. Welcome, Lee. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Well, I'm just on the point of hypothermia, standing out there, freezing, freezing cold. Well, haven't we have some interesting speakers today? Fantastic speakers. And uh, how can I follow it, really? But I'll, I will follow it with a bit of humour. The problem we've got in New Zealand, I think our biggest problem, is, uh, is the media. And uh, it's a huge problem because they're not telling us the truth, are they? And, um, you know, for the last two, well, two years, I've been uh, victimised by the media myself. I lost my job and, and um, um, branded all kinds of names in the paper. I'm the face of apparently white supremacy in New Zealand. And, um, 
But you know, that's the path I chose and I'll stick to that path because I believe in the truth and telling the truth and I will continue telling the truth regardless. Um, because I believe in it. And we've all got to stick by the truth. You know, say it regardless of who it hurts. And I have said a few choice things in the past. One or two things I regret and I would take back if I could. But none of us are perfect. I'm near perfect. <laughs> Very near perfect, actually. But, um, yeah. But these media people, these journalists, these editors, politicians, I've said my name last couple of years, and there's been no recourse for me at all. So I'm going to name names, because they've named me, and they've named others, like Carl Bromley, and uh, Kyle Chapman, and many others. Phillips over there. And I'm going to say the one the worst journalists, and they're all bad in, in New Zealand. We, we've got nobody on our side. They brand us. They brand us as extremists. Yeah. Yeah. And we know who they are. I'm going to say Paddy Goldenshower. <laughs> Paddy Goldenshower. I coined that name, Paddy Goldenshower. And I, I hope he watches this. Because from now on, he's going to be known as Paddy Goldenshower. That's great. Paddy Gower it is. And, um, and who we have a little fella called um, Mark Dolder, he's an American bloke. And he came over here about two weeks, I think it was, before the Christchurch Mosque thing, would you believe? And, uh, and, and, he, he, and, and he just specialises in, like, white supremacy. Isn't that unbelievable? It's a bit like Jacinda going to, to the United States. You know, she goes back, she goes there, what, last week? And they've all these, had all these gun attacks in the United States. Coincidence, maybe? I don't know. I, I just don't know. And then she gets a doctorate. A PhD from Harvard University. You know? Did you see that speech? I didn't, I've seen a bit of it. I, I can't watch you, Cinder, I'll be honest with you. But she drinks, she drinks a bottle of water. I'm having a water break. And everybody claps. You think, my God. She's drinking some water. That's all she's doing. Well, this is the, this is the world we live in. We, will, we live in a bonkers world, don't we? And we're all awake in here. We're not woke, but we're awake. So this woke thing actually means awake. But it's the wrong way around, isn't it? It's a misnomer. But we're awake. I don't know where this is all going to go. Who knows? But I'll tell you what, I'm just going to take the piss out of these people. I'm just going to take the piss because I'm pretty good at taking the piss. I was, I was going to get serious and, and, and get into politics. and, and you know, I was going to run for Coastal Ward, New Bright, but I thought, it's not me because they're just going to attack me. The trolls attack the toll, the toll? Trolls. They attack me and attack me and attack me every single day. Mark, get a life, you know? I was going to swear then, but I'm not going to swear. Because there's kids in the room. And good Christian people too. But, you know, Carl Bromley gets attacked. Kyle gets attacked. This poor Nate, he's getting attacked. So many people get attacked by these lunatics. And they are lunatics. These trolls, far leftist anti, for some of them in their 60s. 60 years old, morbidly obese, saying things about my teeth. I've got lovely teeth. Okay, they're a bit crooked, you know. But I still own my own teeth. I still look 21 years old, even though I'm 55. 
35 actually. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go into masks. Yesterday, little anecdote I was in a, I was in a little calf. I'll tell you where it was, it was a Bunsen calf. Day before yesterday, I think it was. And um, we were sitting upstairs, me and a friend of mine. And uh, there was only three of us. Not two of us first, and this lady comes upstairs with a mask on. Oh. And she sits behind us. And do you know the Bunsen Calf in by, by the uh, the art centre? Bunsen Calf's a really nice place. You, you should go there. It's really nice. I haven't got shares in the place really. <laughs> but anyway, um, we were sitting upstairs, and next thing, I hear this clapping. <laughs> this clapping behind me, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? So my friend, she, she looks over. And I turn around, and I've seen this woman in a mask chasing a sparrow. Chasing a sparrow around the tables. <laughs> Clapping it. Shoo, 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 she says. Shoo, shoo, shoo. And my friend says, yeah, it's okay, love. She says, it's, it's only a sparrow. She goes, it carries disease, she says. And she had a mask on. It carries disease. You won't be saying that when you catch some kind of disease from this sparrow. And, you, and, and I turned around to my friend and I thought, don't, please don't, please, please don't go off. And I turned around and I thought, oh, she's going to go, she's going to let, let loose. But luckily she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. Um, but it, but this, this is the madness, isn't it? This is the craziness. And you look at Shanghai. I, I don't know if many of you know, but I'll tell you what you don't know about Shanghai. Lots of us don't. Because it's not in our media. They're not even reporting it. A city of 26, 28 million people locked up. You know, it's, it's, it's a country in the West. Locked up and people... I watched a documentary about oh, two weeks ago now and it was the most upsetting thing you'd ever seen. It was like watching the Twin Towers all over again. But it was worse. These people are jumping from their balconies. The building's not on fire. There's no fire behind them. They're jumping because they're starving to death. And they're climbing to the top of the buildings and jumping off, and then they're hanging, oh, it's an awful thing to say, yeah. but it's true. Hanging themselves from their own balconies in Shanghai. And where do we see it on the news? Where is Paddy Goldenshaw? Where is Mark Dolder? Where's my niece, auntie, auntie, time? Oh, where are they? Where are they telling this? Where's Hilary Barry? Yeah. Telling us all this. They love to call us out, don't they? Yeah. Hey, as conspiracy theorists, far-right white supremacists and lunatics. Yeah. But where are they on real news? There's no real news in New Zealand. The real news is where, is where you're getting the news right now, what you've been hearing on the stage for the last, last half an hour, an hour or whatever. We think, how come, how come, the, the speaker before the last one, how come he's got all this knowledge gains all this knowledge and, 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 and educates us here for about half an hour, and yet, journalists don't know this. Why aren't journalists, why aren't broadcasters, why aren't politicians telling us this? Why does it have to be the layman, the laywoman in the street to come to places like this to tell us facts? because they want to keep us in the dark. Treat us like mushrooms, basically, and feed us. Keep us like, what is it? Keep, keep us in the dark and feed us on shit, basically. Like mushrooms. And this is the world we live in. You know? And we're, we're awake and we're growing. Our numbers are growing all the time. 
and they really are everywhere. Do you know I was in the UK? I had to exile myself to the UK last year. Last this time last year, as it happens. Eight months I was there. I had to self-exile because things just really got on top. Trolls, media, whatever. And um, lost my job. Marriage broke up. I went there for eight months. And I watched, to my relief, on the GB News and Sky News Australia. You still watch it in the, in the UK. But GB News. And I tell you what, Jin, J Jacinda is not as popular as you would like to think in the UK. And that's a fantastic thing. She's an absolute piece of... I'm not going to swear. <clears throat> I'm not going to swear, but she is. She's bloody awful. How many people in this room have lost their jobs? Put your hands up. Look at that. And how many people have fallen out with their family members over all this? It's crazy, isn't it? Cra Jacinda's done one fantastic job there, hasn't she? Oh, yeah. And dividing us. She's dividing us down racial lines. She's dividing our families, dividing our homes. She's, she's pitted the, <laughs> the jabbed. Yeah. This poisonous jabbed against the unjabbed, yeah. making us lepers. Yep. It's sickening, it's sickening. And yet she comes on the telly with a sickening, filthy, disgusting smile. Yeah. And I, I, I've got to say, I, I loathe the woman. I really do. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say hate. She is a loathe, loathsome creature. And she is, and she is controlled. She's controlled. She's not making decisions by herself. She must get the memo, because they all get the memo at the same time. All world leaders. And it's not by Joe Biden. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's Klaus Schwab. Yeah. You know, Klaus Schwab sends out the memo to all the world leaders. You know, and, and they all sing from the same, they're all in lockstep with each other. And they're doing exactly the same thing. This is, this is, well, this is globalization. This is the great reset. This is it. And, and, and we're all, we're all subject to it. And we're all under it. We're awake, but we've got to awaken everybody else. And the numbers are growing. Whether they could grow quick enough, I don't know. But it's been said tonight about men, awaken sleeping giants. I'll say that, awaken sleeping giants, where men have to rise up, because it is men. And, um, and, over many decades, our men, not only in New Zealand, but across the world, have been emasculated, yep. Yep. feminized. I worked in Simlay, where I got fired from last year, this time last year. And I used to work with young lads. And they were so effeminate, these young lads. I, you know, I'm not, you know, not that way inclined, you know, but like, <laughs> but I, I used to speak to these young lads and they're so effeminate. One, one young lad used to say to me, I'm a feminist, you say. <laughs> a young man telling me he's a feminist. I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I won't say his name. But he was my manager's son. And, uh, you know, so I couldn't really say more. I did say, I'd said a few choice things as it happens, but I'm, I'm not going to say what I said. But this lad was such an effeminate. I was going to swear then, but I'm not going to. What on earth, what on earth would New Zealand do, right? If all these effeminate, girlified young men had to defend this country. Could you imagine? You know, Paddy Golden Shower, eh? Paddy Golden Shower, that little, that young lad at work. You know, Jack Tame. Imagine him lifting a gun. Oh, if I shoot, it's gonna be so offensive. You know, and if this is what, 
this is where we are. This, this is it's not only here, it's everywhere. But this is the type of people they want. They don't want the, the to toxic masculine men anymore. They don't want them in the army. They don't even want them in the police. Young lad from, well, I'll use a British term. Young lads from council estates like I was. They want them to fight wars. They want them to be patriotic when there's a war on. When we went in between wars, they're hated and vilified. Yeah. When it comes to war, that's when they want them. And then the war's ended, they just shit again. Yeah. Go back to your council estate. And this is the same all over the world. Well, this is where we are, people. And it's the media, like I said. It's the media, the board. You just in the what does she pay the media in New Zealand? 60, 80 million dollars a year? Yeah. Hey? She doesn't pay individual journalists. She pays, she pays the corporations. She pays me your taxpayers' money to lie to you. And people don't realise it. They don't even realise, they don't even want to realise it. She's in this lovely, oh, I got, I got a friend. I fell, out with, I fell out with a mate last year. I won't tell her, I won't tell you her name, a very dear friend of mine in the 70s. And she, she used to have a crack at me all the time, because I was a, I am, still, and was a Trump supporter, big time. Probably, probably New Zealand's biggest Trump supporter. And I, and I, was, I was very open about it. And, uh, and, and she, used to, she used to have a crack at me all the time about supporting Trump. And uh, she was Jacinda, Jacinda, this and Jacinda. Oh, Jacinda's lovely, oh, she's, oh, Jacinda, oh, you're mad supporting Donald Trump. He's a, he's a sexist, you know, and he's a, he's a misogynist, he is, yes, he is, and he's a racist. When was he, when was he sexist, Kate? Said a name. No, no, that was, that was, that wasn't real name, though. It was someone else, honestly. When was he sexist? When was he racist? When was he misogynist? She couldn't name one time. The only reason she said any of it because that's what they say on the media, on the telly, 24-7. All the time. Trump's a racist. He's a misogynist. He's sexist. All the time. It was bloody crackers, wasn't it? And I think Trump was. He was robbed that election, wasn't he? He was robbed. There's no way Biden won that election. He doesn't even know what bloody day it is, does he? Eh? What a, what a, honestly, it's just embarrassing to watch him, isn't it? Eh? And they put him there because he's probably dodgy as hell and they've got, they've got some dirt on him. The Chinese, the globalists, they've got it. You do what we say or else. Yeah. We're going to destroy your family. Same with the Clintons, same with the Obamas. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, it's, it's been said about um, Donald Trump. I mean, Ivanka is in Davos right now. She's in Davos. What on earth is Ivanka Trump doing in Davos? It just makes you wonder, doesn't it? Uh, you know, you think, you think Donald Trump, if he's... Is he savvy enough to stop her? To say, what are you going over there for? You're really spoiling my chances of being elected in 2024. But all the movers and shakers are there. Yeah. Hey, Hollywood superstars, yeah, all in Davos. And he's there, uh, Bob, Bob Geldof. He's there as well, oh. Bob Geldof. And Bono, yeah. all that, you know, and uh, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, to tell us how to live. All flying in on their private jets, yeah. hey? Driving. Telling us to drive electric cars. I wonder if they have electric planes to fly there. 
no, 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 no. And with the twelve spark, he says, in the future you will have nothing, but you will be happy. Yes, so we'll be happy, Klaus, won't we? Do you think he'll have nothing? No. Him and George Soros and, and all the rest from Bill Gates. I don't think they'll have nothing, will they? We'll be all skint. Skint and starving and like the, that movie, The Hunger Games. I've never seen it, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but... We're all going to be, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm painting a bad, bad, bad picture here, but we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We could say it's true, we could not. But I don't, I don't, I don't. But it's, it's really... What's happening really concerns me. It really does. It concerns my family, my, you know, my friends, everything. I've got three daughters, wife, all lost their jobs. No, sorry, sorry. Wife and two daughters lost their jobs and three son-in-laws lost their jobs because they wouldn't take the vaccine. And uh, they've all got jobs now, but not as well paid as what they were before. And um, I lost my job in Simlay for different reasons, but since then my daughter and her, um, her boyfriend, her fiance, they lost their jobs two months ago. And uh, they, they were sacked. Uh, it's just, oh my God. You know, very highly skilled people, and now they've had to move up north to, to get new jobs. And this is what your cinders do it. And this is happening everywhere. And I'll tell you what, the UK is not as bad as here. It's not as bad as here. You might see it on TV, you might read it in the papers, oh, the UK's terrible. It really is terrible. You might say, oh, why did you come back then if it's, if it's not as bad as here? But the only reason I came back really is because I've got lots of friends here. It's worth fighting for, New Zealand. And I've got family here, my three daughters. One grandson, another one on the way, and another one after that. So that's why I came back. I thought, well, New Zealand, UK, you know, 20 years I've been in, in New Zealand, so I'm more, I'm more connected now to, to New Zealand than what I am in the UK. And, um, and, and I do what I do. I do, you know, I make YouTube videos, I make Telegram videos, and I, I do my bit. I do my bit to, to uh, well, to, to spread, spread out what I believe is the truth. Well, I know it's not, it's not what I believe is the truth. It just is the bloody truth, isn't it? It is the truth. But anyway, um, the future. The future is that we keep spreading the word and we keep, we keep coming to events like this and we support Counterspin and, uh, and what they're doing. And maybe, you know, and, sh and try to convince others who are not on board. Don't be bombard them and send them videos because, you know, we've only got so many hours in the day. Just a little bit, bit by bit, and introduce them to stuff. Talk to people. Talk to your family members. I spoke to a woman in here earlier who said, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this because I'm not, I'm not going to identify her anyway. But she told me that her daughter told her that just today that her her daughter says, with the baby, she says, if you go to this event today, oh. Oh. No. you choose this event, or you're not going to see me or the baby again. And just makes you wonder what on earth is going through their heads to give a mother, a grandmother, right. an ultimatum like that. Right. But this is where we are. This is where we are. 24-7 fear porn of these bastards. And they are bastards. Treasonous, traitorous dogs of journalists in New Zealand lying to everybody. And they know the truth. They can not know the truth. But they do it 
because they're paid to lie to you and all of us. But it's where we are, and uh, I think I've said enough. And this is me, this is Cross Rubecom. Follow my channel on YouTube and on Telegram. So thank you very much. See you later. Thank you, Lee. A very powerful talk. Thank you very much. And uh, sometimes I describe, um, well, just, Im just imagine a bulldozer uh, and you weld the steering and, oh, hello. You weld, you weld. There we go. You get a bulldozer, you weld the steering, you weld the, weld the accelerator down, you weld, you weld all the lever levers, yeah? And it's just going this direction. Okay, you can't stop it. And that's how I think of our government, our medical system, and the media. There's just no matter what evidence comes by, you just can't change it. Yeah. And it's actually interesting what you you know mentioned about you know the, the media recently the media um, did a did a real uh, they really demonized a product called MMS or chlorous dioxide. And at the moment, uh, a scientist and I are doing a video to uh, counter that. Uh, so that'll be up on counter spin in the next in the next few weeks. Just a just a quick pop pop quiz. What's coronavirus? The flu? Yeah, yeah. No, coronavirus has actually been around for many decades. It's an upper respiratory infection. Okay, so that's all right. What is COVID 19? Yeah, someone said certificate of vaccine ID, uh, potentially. Um, it's actually got a, it's actually, there's another name for COVID 19, and that's SARS CoV 2. So, what's SARS CoV 2? What we, what we do know about it is it's gain of function, which means it's been genetically engineered, man-made, from an, you know, using animal venoms. Uh, that's been proven in court. Uh, we know that there's over 120 patents related to it. We know that it is an unrestricted bioweapon. And it's being jabbed in all of us, and it's being sprayed in us, and it's being put everywhere. So... Um, our next speaker. <laughs> um, we're running out of time, so I'm limiting my time. It's just a moment, sorry. Okay, our next speaker, Pastor Carl Bromley. Good day, kia ora. Good to see everyone. Uh, they call me Pastor Carl Bromley, but I'm just a Kiwi boy patriot fighting for his country to heart. Got a week, so it's pretty much getting cold by now, so we're uh, gonna just keep their uh, hands in there like this, little circles, little circles. Okay, let it go, let's get into this. Bigger circles, bigger circles, keep it going, keep it going. Don't stop, I'm gonna say something, but don't stop. Knock, knock. Yeah! Oh, thank you very much, thank you very much. It's a blessing being here, and uh, look, uh, time is getting on, we'll turn to icebergs at the moment, and there's got some fantastic entertainment coming up. Uh, people can sing uh, better than me, actually, and uh, so we don't want to miss out on that, and lots of uh, fellowship and connections to make, but uh, we're family. We're here together, and we're still kicking, aren't we? We're still kicking. And uh, just another big shout out to uh, Calvin and Hannah and all the team, the, the uh, Counterspin team. What a bunch of heroes, come on.
They are sacrificing on the road. 28 venues, I believe, up and down the country. And uh, they are sacrificing time, energy, resources, being away from family. That's tough. And we appreciate you. And other heroes, the Lotus Heart. Yeah. Come on. The real heart of Christchurch. And uh, look, I'll tell you what, I just... I am just so thankful for businesses who have the character and the backbone to stand against tyranny and to stand against legislative apartheid. Who would have believed that in the 80s we were protesting against apartheid and now we have a government who's legalised it? It's disgusting. It's bigotry, it's prejudice, and it's not okay in any realm, is it? Now I'm going to keep things short tonight because we have got a little bit of time. Time is rolling on. Uh, so my name is Carl Bromley. Um, I'm doing a few things to do all I can as just an ordinary guy. To no, but they have caused my name to stink in the land. That's <laughs> in the Bible, by the way. They told Abraham that his name was caused to stink in the land. And, uh... But anyway, thanks for that. If I was on the opposition, I'd have a blast with that. But uh, it's time to clear the air in Christchurch, folks. It's time to clear the air. And, and uh, why hasn't that been sorted? The insurance claim went through just a few weeks early in January. It was built by engineers. Why haven't engineers fixed it? I've got a theory about that. They've probably all been mandated out of their jobs. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm not repeating that. But anyway, we've all been through a lot, haven't we? We've all suffered a lot. And uh, I don't really like being particularly famous for this, but uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, this New Year's, uh, we had a, um, the um, unannounced visit while we were out by uh, New Zealand police. And uh, I was driving to a friend's place for New Year's Eve, a nice family event. And I passed Anzac Drive and I looked to the right, there was uh, six police cars parked there, just waiting. Giving way to me, actually. And I said, oh, look, honey, they're coming for me. <laughs> and not a true word said in jest. While we were out, they um, helped themselves into the house. They broke into our house. They vandalised our property, turned our property upside down, stole my stuff in the forms of firearms and ammunition and left the house without a buy your leave. We come home to that. And uh, this is what we're dealing with in New Zealand. Political intimidation. Is, there was no doubt whatsoever that was done to politically intimidate me and shut me up. Do you know there's been over 19,000 similar raids done in New Zealand in the last two years? 19,000 quietly intimidating, safe and responsible gun owners. And when they gave me the bit of paper two weeks later, it was just full of all this trumped up justifications. Do you know what the most of the justifications were for violently uh, breaking into your home, vandalising it, leaving my wife traumatised. You know what the justifications were? Things like, you've attended protests. <laughs> you've given speeches. You have criticised the government. <laughs> and the Lord forbid, you have written to government officials. You know, once upon a time in New Zealand, in a free Western democratic nation, those things are celebrated, not, not condemned. Now, New Zealand Bill of Rights says we have a right to a political view, to opinions, without interference. 
This government has corrupted the law. It's an absolute farce. If you have a Harvard degree in law, you might as well just tear it up. They gave Jacinda Ardern that honorary doctorate in law. In law, would you believe that? A government that has been proven to break the law on several occasions already, given an honorary doctorate in law. And you know what they also gave her a standing ovation for? Slaughtering. Slaughtering babies in the womb in the most vile and extreme method and point. In New Zealand today, this is a fact, and you can challenge me on it, I'll give you all the information. Babies can be boarded up to full term under this current legislation we have. And legislation to protect babies from um, being mutilated in the womb without anaesthetic was turned down. As was legislation that Simon O'Connor presented to ensure that should an abortion not go correctly, that babies born live would receive adequate care. It was turned down to client and she was celebrated in the United States for their extreme legislation. So we've got a fight on, folks, and uh, this is why I got involved in this fight a few years ago, because I could see what these Marxist globalists were doing to our country, so I uh, did things, thank you. And we're all in the fight, we're all doing things. Got in the fight by protesting, but starting up a uh, social media channel, uh, much inspired by my friend Lee Williams. Uh, it's called Is It Just Me, NZ, Is It Just Me? So just say, Is It Just Me, NZ, you can look it up. It's on Telegram and Facebook, and uh, where is it, BitChute as well. Now, the reason why I'm harping on about that is because, thankfully, we have counterspin media. Yes. And social media is one of the last bastions that we have to counteract the false uh, government-bought propaganda. We are in a massive dome and bubble of censorship in this country. So we need to do what we can. And you might be thinking, what can I do in the fight? There's a lot you can do, actually, with your skills and resources. One thing you can do is subscribe to these channels, like Counterspin, uh, Cross the Rubicon, Is It Just Me and Z, and many others. You can subscribe and you can share the videos, share the information everywhere. Because we're under such great censorship, we need to get these things out, and I believe internationally, to embarrass this government. Yeah. Okay, so that's something you can do. Just touch click, 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 click. Do it. Yep. Now, just to finish up with, because we'll, uh, we'll move ahead here, but there's two things that I'm involved in at the moment. And I want to preface this by saying, when you're in a war, and we are in a cold war, and this war has cost lives, right? Yeah. It has literally cost lives. People are dying in this war. It's cost relationships. I've lost relationship with two of my kids and all three of my grandchildren. Oh. Yep. And I don't believe that would have happened if it wasn't for the absolutely sadistic, cruel, and heartless oppression that this government has systematically, consciously, purposely done without any shame. Yes. It's, it's psychopathic. Now, my background is 30 years in mental health, specialised in mental health, so I can tell you from, as a mental health specialist, that I believe that we do have people in our government, and even in the main role as our PM, I think we have subclinical psychopaths. And I mean that all seriously, clinically. Because a subclinical psychopath is someone who's very charming, very charming, very manipulative, and has no genuine real empathy. And that's sad. So one of the things I'm doing to kick back, and uh, we're all doing things in a different way, and we need to celebrate that. Like I said last night in Cust, great night in Cust last night. Who was there last night in Cust? Okay, I was there last night and cussed. Now, when I was a kid and I cussed, I got my mouth washed out with soap. Last night I got a cup of tea and a sausage roll, so, but I didn't cuss and cuss, okay? But it was a great night. 
But everyone's doing things different. We have the common law movement. Awesome. We have people get on the streets and protesting. Awesome. We have social media. Awesome. And we have people using what's left of democracy fighting. Fighting to get patriot leaders back into government. And that's what I'm doing. I'm a bit of a numbnut in many areas, right? I only have a couple of strengths, and I'm very well on my limitations and what I don't have. But I'm doing two things, and I'm asking you for help tonight. I'm recruiting tonight. I'm asking for help. I'm just an ordinary guy. And we're ordinary people, most of us, unless you're a bit of a narcissist. All right? But it takes ordinary people, ordinary people like us, to do extraordinary things together. And that's what the call is right now, this very era. The time is very short, folks. Very short. We have local elections here in Christchurch in October. We have a national election. Could be our last election. Who knows? In just over a year and a half. Time is very short and I'm recruiting, folks. So I'm running for council mayor in Christchurch. Thanks, right? Let's go. Now, believe it or not, I'm not being grandiose deluded, okay? So if you think, who's this guy I think he is? I'm a no one. But I want to shake some trees and rattle some cages. I want to get some influence going. I'm thinking nationally, acting locally, right? So I'm not under any grandiose delusions, but I don't exclude many miracles either, by the way. So I'm running for council mayor, and I need a campaign team. I have passion, I have love, but I'm not an organiser. I'm, I'm not a finance person of figures. I'm not a computer guru. I'm not a person that can do all the donkey works. I'm pretty busy full time as a pastor. So if you want to get involved and come on the team, I'm having a campaign team meeting next week. An inaugural meeting for anyone wants to get involved. Okay, you've got some skills and resources to bring to the table, and you do have them. So I'm doing that locally, and my campaign's called I Hear, I Care. Because no one's listening in this country anymore. Not the Prime Minister, not MPs, not the Council, not the police. Hardly anyone's listening, not even family members. And people in this city need a darn good listening to, don't they? A darn good listening to. So, going to be setting up meetings all over Christchurch called I Hear, I Care. Give someone else the microphone. Stop my blabbering, give them a microphone and listen to their heart and their minds and what they're concerned about. That's locally, but nationally... I want to see, and I'm committed to seeing, a real solution to getting these arrogant, narcissistic, globalist, neo-Marxist, hybrid fascists out of this government. And the only way it's going to happen is by a genuine coalition of minor parties and independents. And I know they've all been talking about it, but they aren't doing it, and they sabotaged it last election because of two things. First thing is what? Why don't coalitions get together? Ego. Thank you. Ego. Everyone wants to be the big kahuna. Everyone wants to have a coalition, but they want to be in control. So the Independent Coalition Party works on facilitative rotational leadership. There's no big kahuna. It's just a cameo figurehead position that reinforces what we're uniting on. Everyone gets a turn. Just, I don't care. I don't want to be the leader. I, I want, I, in fact, I'm committed to not even having a turn as a leader. I don't care. It doesn't matter who gets a pat on the back, who's the microphone. What matters is that we get us across the line to get some true, genuine patriots into this government to turn things around. So we get rid of ego through facilitative rotational leadership in this party. And the other thing that divides coalitions from happening is a plethora, a multitude of policies. Because where there are different policies, there's division. So the independent coalition party is going to operate on uniting on three basic, simple policies. 
sovereignty, an independent, self-sufficient New Zealand, democracy, genuine elected representatives in local and central government, and thirdly, freedom, enshrining and constitutionalizing the Bill of Rights out of contention, out of touch, that can never be usurped or undermined again. So if that sounds good to you, and honestly, this is so simple, folks. It's so simple and profoundly simple that most people who think they're so smart will miss it. Guess principle. Everyone, that's it. Everyone wins in this situation. The minor parties and independents have nothing to lose. Within the umbrella party, they still get to be the head of their party. They still get to manage or micromanage their party. They still get to keep their policies, right? They can still contest the same electoral seat. And you know what? They don't even have to like each other. Because it's kind of like a bus as a vehicle that gets you to Parliament. And when you get on a bus to go somewhere, you don't get on the bus and think, well, do I like that guy down the back? Do I like that woman at the front? You just get on, put your headphones on, read your book or whatever, okay? So for me, it's a no-brainer, it'll work. But the minor parties and independents must cotton onto this. And I'm going to need your help to spread this word about this. If you're interested, you can go to my YouTube channel, Is It Just Me? NZ, and there's a playlist talking about the independent coalition. And if you want to get on board, as I said, this week I'm going to be recruiting an inaugural campaign team. And I really need you folks. I'm just an ordinary guy. But ordinary people like you and I can do extraordinary things. And this is the hour that's calling us through. So to finish up, a message for Jacinda from us. Goodbye. Jacinda, and all you globalist, Marxist, narrative, hybrid, mutant fascists out there, we've heard your narrative. And we do not concur. And we do not consent. We will not cower. We will not cave in. And we will not comply. Thank you very much. Ooh, thank you, Carl. Who's feeling just a bit better right now? Nah? Pretty good, eh? Um, uh, just before we wrap up, um, I, I mentioned that uh, I run the Bryland Functional Medicine Centre and I'm dealing with a lot of vaccine damage, a lot of shedding or transmission damage as well. And um, one of my clients who was uh, jabbed uh, quite a few months ago started to get an intense pain in their arm. And what do you think they did to get rid of the pain? Like it was excruciating pain. Now I've, I've been travelling giving lots of talks and I say look, to help with shedding and, and to help with vaccine damage, this is the number one priority. And so they did it, they turned the Wi-Fi off. They turned the Wi-Fi off, gone. Just like that. Yeah. So um, keep, keep an eye on, on, on Counterspin because we're making uh, videos uh, here in our, at Bryland. We've got a studio set up. Uh, so rather than me taking up time talking about that. Now, um, just to remind you that there's seven vehicles, 11 staff uh, travelling around New Zealand, bringing this all to you. It's, uh, they're working uh, so much. They need your, your donations. Poor Calvin just said, oh, God, William. I haven't been able to afford to have a haircut this year, he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bones of their ass. 
Yeah, so more donations by their product. Be really good. Now for some um, some some entertainment. Now I've just got to read this to you. It is now. Uh, sorry if I don't pronounce your uh, name correctly. Uh, in our concert here, we have Yulia, an internationally acclaimed singer, will be accompanied by Hannah Fee uh, and jazz guitarists uh, Thomas. So they're now going to perform. So big round of applause for all the speakers. And a big round of applause to Calvin and Hannah and crew. Associate Principal of the Christchurch Symphony Orchestra. Used to be because he refused to follow the mandates, so he no longer is. I'm, I'm not sure that's how Thomas felt when he received the news, but encouragement is welcome. Yes. Last year, I embarked on a tour of the songs of Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf is a famous French chanteuse. We did three shows. There were more coming. And then the second lockdown hit. And we had to postpone the shows. All the musicians were forced, well, of course, everybody's got a choice, but from the speakers before, I could use the word forced. We, we have been forced to take vaccination. I was the only one holding up the show because everybody was vaccinated. And the Wellington show got postponed, but of course then the traffic light system hit and the shows were not on anyway, even with all the vaccines. <coughs> So tonight we'll share with you a few of Piaf's songs and then Thomas will play something that, that he really enjoys playing and he will continue playing it just in a different capacity now, not as the principal of the orchestra. And then we will play some very, Henvi and I will play some songs which speak to the current situation, if you stay that long, because it is getting chilly. I will start with Piaf. <laughs> Thank you. 
Je revois la vie en fête en délire Suffocant sous le soleil et sous la joie Et j'entends dans la musique les cris et les rires Qui éclatent et rebondissent autour de moi Et perdu parmi ces gens qui me bousculent Soudain je me retourne et les sourcils Quand la foule vient me jeter entre ses bras Emportés par la foule qui nous traîne, nous entraîne Écrasés l'un contre l'autre, nous n'a pas manqué un seul corps Et le flot sans effort nous pousse un chêne l'un de l'autre Et nous laisse tout désépanouis à livrer les erreurs Et traînés par la foule qui se lance ceux qui dansent ne font les pardons Le même reste soudé Et parfois sous la veine de corazon La saison vole Et retombe de des épanouis Enivrés et La joie éclabousse par son sourire Me transperce, rejaillit au fond de moi Mais soudain je pousse un cri parmi les rires Quand la foule veillant lâche d'entre mes bras Emporté par la foule qui nous traîne, nous entraîne Nous éloigne l'un de l'autre, je lutte et je me débat Mais le son de ma voix s'étouffait dans les rires des autres et je crie de douleur, de fureur, de rage et je pleure Et traîné par la foule qui silence et qui danse Une folle parandole, je suis emporté au loin Et je crispe ma poing maudissant la foule qui me vole L'homme qu'elle m'avait donné que je n'ai jamais retrouvé Consciousness. We have been residing in a state of self-abandonment. We haven't been accepting responsibility. Now is the time. Je vous connais, Milor, vous ne m'avez jamais vu. 
Je ne suis qu'une fille du bord, qu'une ombre de la rue. Pourtant, Joseph Roller, quand vous passez hier, vous n'étiez pas de fière dame. Le ciel vous comble, votre foulard de soie. Flottant sur vos épaules, vous aviez le boule. On aurait dit le roi, vous marchiez en vainqueur, au bras d'une demoiselle. Mon Dieu, qu'elle était belle, jamais froide dans le cœur. Allez, venez, Milord, vous asseoir à ma table. Il fait si froid dehors, ici c'est confortable la servir, Milord. Et prenez bien, Moses, au peine sur mon cœur. Il y a un navire pour que tout se déchire quand le navire s'en va et l'homme est avec lui, la douce yeux s'étendre qui n'a pas su comprendre qu'elle brisait votre vie. L'amour s'est fait pleurer comme quoi l'existence. Ça me donne toutes les chances pour les reprendre après. Allez, venez, Milord, vous avez l'air de maman. Laissez-vous faire, Milord, venez à mon royaume. Je soigne les remords, je chante la romance, je chante les Voyons, Miller, souriez-moi, Miller, mieux que ça, un petit effort, voilà, c'est ça, allez, riez, Miller, allez, chantez, Miller,
whatever choices we make in these challenging times, whatever questions we ask of ourselves, where to from here, I hope you never have any regrets. Non, je ne regrette rien.
nature of life, of the cyclic nature of events, seasons, war, peace. Lest we forget. Everyone, when will we ever learn? 
going to go on a hunger strike <laughs> because I was thinking how can I contribute I sing yes but what is um, what is it good to sing and yet you think in times of uh, humanity's biggest turmoil we hear music and we are inspired and encouraged by music so one of my friends, a dear beloved friend, said, write some songs. So I wrote one, and any musician, any person who writes, they know that songs come through them, not from them. And this is one of them. I've never sung it before. Stand in our true 
day The world belongs to the wise We're honest, we don't compromise We are not afraid anymore We are stronger than ever before Lift your heads up, raise your voice, stand your ground, make a choice, open hearts under these skies. Together we power and we don't comply. Lift your heads up, raise your voice, stand your ground, make a choice, open hearts under these skies. Together we power and we don't comply. The world, the truth to be told, is changing new and out the old. We are no longer the same, still serving, we are in his name. Your narrative, you at the wheel, he's falling apart at the seams. Your plan, whatever that is, has gone down, sentence abuse. You ask, how do I know all this? Well, history tends to repeat. We're in the new times, that's true. But friend, freedom starts with me and you. So, lift your heads up, raise your voice, stand your ground. Make a choice, open hearts under these skies. Together we power and we don't comply. Lift your hands up, raise your voice, stand your ground. Make a choice, open hearts under these skies. Together we power and we don't comply. one of the lyrics in the previous song. Whether you believe in God or you don't, the all-encompassing consciousness is undeniable. We are all a part of it, the energy, the source, whatever you want to call it. And it is becoming more and more evident that there's nowhere to run. There's nothing outside of us 
that is going to give us any solutions. Everything's within. But being here tonight, we have an opportunity to connect, like Tracy said, with our tribe, with our community. And if you need a singer in your community, I don't know what use I am, but I'll join it. <laughs> So we'll be safe. 
is there a dry eye left in this room? <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. That's like a real life angel singing here tonight. <sighs> I feel so uh, blessed. Where's Calvin? You gonna come up? I'm gonna say goodnight to everybody. So the wardrobe change. <laughs> um, I guess. Cold. Yeah, just a, a, a huge thank you to Yulia and and the musicians and Buva and her whole team and our team and all of you for coming. Let's just give all of ourselves a big round of applause. one thing because there's some Steiner friends in the audience and I'm so glad to see our Steiner friends in the audience yay because you guys know that uh, over a hundred years ago Steiner said that there would be a vaccine that would disconnect us from God and um, there's a lot of people and even that community that don't want to realize that what he said all those years ago is playing out right now and one of the best things that we can do for our children is get them to play instruments. So if there's any parents or grandparents and you want to do your child or your grandchild a favour, get them some instrument lessons because those are what moves our soul. Those are what keeps us connected to the true vibration before the music was turned and flipped from a positive vibration to a negative vibration. So, um, And what else do I want to say? Yep, it's all about the children. You know, that's why we're here, and that's why we're speaking out, so. Um, just a thought for all of our children out there. Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> that came across wrong. I get a wrong. word. I get a word. And... Oh my God. I well, he take does... this opportunity. <laughs> now, thanks very much for coming, guys. It's a bit of an iceberg out there, for sure. As you can see, wardrobe change. Which just goes to show, Canvas for Media merchandise is warm. It's over there. And um, yeah, this is your platform. We're traveling around to give you your voice, your local community, reconnect again for what's coming, because believe me, they've got their foot on the gas, they're not taking it off. And there's a lot of uh, crap coming down the sewer lines. And she's already articulated that. Um, there's a Counterspin Media app if you want to keep up with us. Download it off Google Play Store. I know Google's not exactly the greatest thing with your friend, but I'm using their platforms against them. And uh, as well as the website, councilmedia.com, go there, sign up in case they uh, try to deplatform us, which they do on everything, and uh, we can keep up. That's basically all I've got to say. And yeah, I want to thank all the speakers who came out to uh, give them part of their words and wisdom and knowledge, and William for um, emceeing for us, and definitely Bouvard and her team, keep us well coffeeed up. And, uh... and there's common laws, common law, yes. um... It was just a, it was just, what do you want to tell us? Common law. Common law to a Monday night at Combs Road. Yep. Please, if you want to become self-empowered, please come. Yep. Because the, What's yeah. What's the address again? It's in the um, Combs Road, going towards Papua Nui. What number? It's, 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 it's only one church there. It's oh. about 200 yards from the, from Cranford Street. What time? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Monday. Tomes Road, the church, yep. on Tomes Road, 7 o'clock yep. Monday. Yep. yep. There you go. All right. There's pretty awesome stuff. <laughs> okay, and thanks to William. Yep. So, well, thank, thanks to William uh, for everything he did to MC and uh, 
what else do I need to tell you? We'll be in Ashburton next Tuesday and Timaru on Thursday uh, and then also Dunedin and Invercargill next week. And we have pushed things out by a week, which we'll have to update the schedule. Um, but yeah, our team needs a bit of a break because uh, they've been doing so well. One quote. Uh, it's not a. It's not a. Um, oh, now I'm going to forget it, aren't I? It's not a measure of good health to be well adjusted to a sick society. So all of you who have been told that you're crazy, that you're mad, that you're conspiracy theorists, you guys are actually the sane ones. Just remember that. Yep. Thanks for coming. Legends. You can find Counterspin, New Zealand's media revolution, at counterspinmedia.com. And now, on the InfoWars Network, at band.video.